Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host in the city of Chicago. Joining us here is Jed Brewer. Hello! With us all the way from Rupture, Tennessee, is Lee Younger. We're still working with that same intro music. Yep. Good tune. <laughs> Good song. No reason to change horses midstream here. It's a classic. Midstream. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. As, the, yes. the backstory on this, hold on, audience, is that I came up with something that was vaguely um, to the sentiments of a band that Matt and I both really liked called Caveman's Call. And he, I sent him a, a work tape and he texted back and he said, can you come up with something a little more raucous? Yeah. Like a little more verve. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, you have to understand at the time we were making this and this, at the time we made the song, um, Lee had never heard a podcast intro before because only like 5% of people knew what a podcast was. So um, and if you knew, if you had heard of one, it was probably like this American life. So everything was kind of NPR-y. We were like, eh. everybody, everything was really chill. Start a little bit more yeah. of a bang. Yes. As you may have noticed, if you read the episode descriptions and this, this you are listening to the 600th numbered episode of this year's that that podcast. so many episodes. That's really more than is advisable. Yeah. I can't believe we've done this that many times. Yep. Not wow. counting uh, a couple of specials and some holiday stuff here and best ofs and some storytelling stuff when couples couldn't be here. This is 600 of normal mainline episodes, and that is too many. I think we can all agree. I will say that uh, someone told me today in a church service that they wanted to recommend the podcast to someone, but there were too many like thinly veiled raunchy jokes in the opening, and they decided not to recommend the episode. We How celebrate that. Dare you? No, I think we're the only podcast in the world who is comfortable with anti-word of mouth. That is <laughs> that is fine. We we trust your judgment on that. I will point out that we do put in the uh the timestamps, which are now chapters on if you listen on Spotify, because I figured nice. out how to do that. Um so you can just skip the emergency. And if you're uh, introducing this to a church going friend for the first time, I might suggest you do that anyway. Yeah, that's a good idea. So you know what? But, the first fifteen to twenty minutes, eh, yeah, you know, you don't need it. I want to be clear though; like none of my raunchy jokes have ever been thinly veiled. I feel like I just go for it. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just putting it out there. And you know what? If it finds an audience, it finds an audience. I feel like that says more about them than me. One of the things that I thought of earlier today, when I thought of us, this being the six hundredth episode, was one. Before we did episode one, I didn't know how many Jeds I was going to meet. Uh, Num- yeah. Number two. Oh, Jeds you'll meet. <laughs> <laughs> Num- that's, Num- very number- that's very good. Number two. <laughs> number two. I didn't know how many different types of Mountain Dew and Cheetos Jeb was going to eat before we began, you know, the all these episodes. Oh, the Jeds you'll meet. Oh, the things Jed will eat. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that right. is excellent. There'll be a lot more Dr. Seuss-style poetry here in the 600s. <laughs> You're welcome, people. Yes, that is right. 600 times. So in this year episode, we're going to do a little reminiscing. We're going to look at the world as it was in 2012 when we started this off. That's right. Look at how some things have changed. Maybe what we learned along the way. The many, many Jeds we've met. Um, Aha! <laughs> but one major difference, and I'll point out here, it's, it's kind of the closing of a circle. As, as Lee points out, when we started this, uh, the biggest obstacle really when we talked about this to people was, what's a podcast? Right, right. We did record the first kind of slate of test episodes in 2011. We started releasing regularly uh, in 2012. And the podcast serial, which is the reason that pretty much everybody knows uh, what a podcast is, didn't come out till several after we'd been doing this for several years. Really? Wow. Yeah, we were ahead of the curve. Release dude. date on serial. Serial came out. The first uh, episode debuted on in October 2014. We'd already been doing this for two wow. full years before serial came out, and now. Um, Post uh, some technological changes and certainly a lot of people starting it 
starting them during the pandemic. Um, I just don't tell people I have a podcast now because I'm a, a middle-aged white guy and the number of assumptions, if I just say podcast, I don't have time to wait through them. <laughs> yeah. when, when, when anyone sees me on the street, they already have decided that I have a podcast. What they don't yeah. know is that I have like three. <laughs> I'm guessing they assume that as well. Yeah, well, there's also like, we before it became a meme, we were... Uh, three or four white guys with microphones uh, talking, and that was a podcast. And again, that was before we knew that that's what all of podcasting was going to become to the point where um, it's, it's, it's a meme in and of itself. So kind of leave that, leave that behind. To your credit, Matt, you've done a lot of really cool interviews. There's been a ton of innovation. This thing did not exist before you thought it up. You pulled a lot of ideas from a lot of different places and came up with it. And so my hat's off to you, man. Hell Thank yeah. you. I stole from many people. And that's what well you should, to my understanding. Another way in which we were uh, ahead of the curve uh, in the AI revolution here, um, I didn't really, we didn't really have any ideas of our own. So we just kind of took other people's ideas and retrofit them. And now uh, you can start a billion dollar startup based on that. <laughs> so that's fun wait did we get a billion dollars i didn't get any dollars no we nope i've been doing this for uh 10 11 years at this point and are definitely in the red <laughs> we forgot to ask for any money um, raised a lot of money we for did, however, over the years just good stuff there but uh yeah not none for us we, we did however at various times get things like uh reindeer jerky that's true. That's true. That's pretty awesome. There's reindeer jerky. There were some baked goods. I don't. Dude, think... some of the baked goods went to Chicago and never made it to me. Well, and that's the thing that we've never really a dealt very with. complicated uh, procedure, Lee. You know what, Lee? You're right, and it is it is time for healing to take place, man. It is time for healing to take place. I'm not going to take any steps towards that healing, but I acknowledge that it's time for healing to take place. <laughs> Jed, are you running for Congress? That was very expertly done. <laughs> Thank Time you. Time for healing. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> we also have been sent, uh, we've been invited to virtual weddings. I have a, a platypus, stuffed platypus right here in my recording desk from some friends in Australia who sent us some lovely things over the years. Yes, we've been sent many kinds of local, local goods and uh, confections. Uh, we were sent a uh, baby doll sized saving myself for my future husband t-shirt the jed yes. somehow got on in a yep miracle along with a a uh, joel osteen hardback book somebody found at a uh thrift shop that was then uh literally <laughs> thrown into the trash because we just really didn't know what to do with it and get, got tired of it being around and if you're listening right now you may be wondering hey i found some weird junk recently can i send it to you yes you can sure yes you can we are happy to receive it. Yeah. We'll take all your junk. And if, whether that's emotional junk and a question you would answer it or just crap you find around that you think, haha, I should send that to those idiots. That's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. Because look, it's a messed up world. And unfortunately, that often is particularly true in, in the Christian sectors. And you know what? We got to laugh at this stuff, y'all. We got to get through this thing together. That's absolutely right. I feel like there was a period. I feel like there was a period in the podcast where Jed had a keyboard beside him. Yeah, that's true. And he would occasionally just like write jingles, and, yes, and parody worship songs and things of that nature. And and you know, I mean, and then we've had like you know the the Gripes Giving theme song um, or liturgy, however you yeah. want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, there, there there's been there's been a lot of genres that have been covered over the years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Actually, I feel like I've got something special that I could introduce here for, for a 600th episode, which is to take the, the gripes giving invocation, but at long last to express it in the style of death metal. Oh, um, I'm, wow. I'm, <clears throat> I mean, if we're, if we're ready for that, I feel like I could do that. Please. Come on. World exclusive. It's here are gripes. Here are gripes. Here are gripes. 
That was a uh, well, that was something <laughs> special for you, the audience. <laughs> Six hundred episodes in, still got some, still got some stuff up our sleeves. Turns out. <laughs> Holy cow. Now, the question to you, uh, wonderful listener, is uh, has Jed learned enough techniques over the years taking care of his voice that he can get two more episodes out of this recording session after doing that? Actually, true facts I have. Like, um, weirdly, I was talking to an ENT surgeon the other night who mostly, like, helps musicians. And I was asking, how often do you deal with metal people? And she's like, very rarely, because the only people that can do that stuff, like, consistently have good technique. And that's really true. It's super hard to do that well. Incredible. I, I have to ask, what what type of singer does she see the most? Oh, I, I'm not at liberty to divulge that at this time. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Yodlers. Actually, I have I have a guess, but I, I don't want to reveal it. So let me just say, I can only imagine what type of vocalist she sees uh, the most. Uh. And Jed, are you implying that there's a certain type of vocalist that you may have just leaned towards there that may be um, no technique and all oomph? Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe indeed. Well, I think that's as good a, start, a good place as any to start our, uh, our look back at the year that was, year one of, say that, 2012. Okay, wow. I'm ready. Let us turn our attention to the Dove Awards. Okay. <laughs> from that year are you uh, going to explain what the dove awards are for the uninitiated oh yeah. Christian Grammys. The very young imagine if even less people paid attention to the grammys and they had to do it in nashville <laughs> oh not in nashville the 2012 location from the fox theater in atlanta georgia oh i i click onto that because i, I want to see how many people at seats it doesn't say that but it is not large so yeah, we'll be shocked. Um, so I, I think some notable stuff here. One thing that I look back to very different from our current era in the song of the year and group of the year category, uh, you do not have any, what appears to be any mega church worship bands. Really? A little strange. Um, the winner for song of the year general was a uh, blessings by Laura story. A song I've not heard and a singer I've not heard of. I'm sure it's fine. Oh, yes. Uh, you got some casting crowns, some Kirk Franklin. And uh, here's an interesting thing um, that I'm surprised by. In the general song of the year category, uh, a group called the Gaither Vocal Band. Oh, yeah. Which is, I looked up, is exactly what it sounds like. But in 2012, an outfit called the Gaither Vocal Band was still up for the biggest award. At the Dove Awards. Oh, how times have changed. Yeah. Uh, so, well, Ian, you uh, won't be surprised to see that nominated for male vocalist of the year was uh, one Chris Tomlin. I've heard of him. Yep. Chris Tomlin, Steve Scott Chapman, Kurt Franklin, a gentleman named Jason Crabb, one who I've never heard of, but good for him. He sounds like a SpongeBob character, and I hope that's true. <laughs> <laughs> According to, according to his Wikipedia, he is the lead vocalist for the Crab Family. So, not really just Man, that's not a good name. Fellas, Group of the Year was Need to Breathe at the Dove Awards? Yeah. Wow. Beating out Casting wow. Crowns, David Crowder Band, the Gaither Vocal Band again, and a group called the Isaacs? Yeah, that's, uh, Ricky, that's Ricky Skaggs' wife and oh. all of her sisters. Yeah. Oh, people who can actually play their instruments. They did not win. They do also sound like I'm. I'm glad to find that they are talented people, but they do also sound like a C tier Motown band that had like one kind of hit. Yeah, that's just true, dude. The that's just true. <clears throat> one of the new artists of the years uh, doesn't have a blue link on Wikipedia, so I don't think their career really took off after being nominated for Artist of the Year at the Dove Awards. Ah, it's so. going well. Here's How about scrolling producer through this list. Year. Here's my favorite thing in the, and this is the name of the category: rap slash hip hop and urban. Okay, oh, and and urban. So there's okay. five nominees for a uh, song of the year for recorded song of the year. I don't know if that's why they're specifying that. Uh, Lecrae is two of the five. 
Okay. We okay. couldn't Good. find a fifth rapper. <laughs> going great. It's going great. Yeah. Um the the urban the hip hop slash urban group has some um has some names, some wonderful names that I will not be looking into, but there is a group called Duh Truth, D A apostrophe, okay. all caps with a period after each letter, T R U T H. Okay. Um, there's one that's just called all caps flame. Okay. There's Trinity five, seven spelled T R N T R I N dash I dash T E E five colon seven. Okay. Which sounds like they're referencing a Bible verse, but there's not a book of the Bible called Trinity. So that's weird. Um, there's one just called G I and one called, and this is the best name I've come across so far. Smoky Norfill. <laughs> Smoking normal. That's amazing. Smoky Norfill, presumably the uh, hobo Christian hip hop artist. Yeah. Yeah. That is, dude, that's an epic name. I, I kind of don't even want to hear the music and, and ruin my impression just of the name. Yeah. No, I think that's correct. Uh, gospel has its own, <laughs> Gospel has its own category. And one of the nominees is John Hagee. Really? Oh, no. For a song apparently called Victory in Jesus. John Hagee sings gospel. That's that's where the Christian media landscape was in 2012. Wow. Wow. Can I just say that I would actually appreciate it if the song for which John Hagee was nominated was a cover of R.E.M.'s It's the End of the World as We Know It? I don't think uh, Pastor Hagee's jowls would allow for that type of uh, speed of mo- speed of speaking, but I would love to hear it attempted. You know what? If there's ever a task for which uh, generative AI was created, it, it is that. Yeah, <laughs> open AI. Take a take a day off of stealing from actual artists and do something useful with yourself. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm still scrolling. There's like nine thousand. Um categories at the dove awards one of them is musical of the year i didn't I did know, not they know had there's that. an entire musicals category for the dove awards i'm hoping cats was nominated uh maybe <laughs> uh come and adore him down from his glory gone love one and did you know are ready to sing christmas mary did you know are ready to sing christmas Extreme, comma, Songs for Modern Youth Choir by Cliff Duran and Jonathan Crompton, Crumpton. Man, that's that's a lot. So, not to be a downer, but like, I, I'm just kind of scrolling down through this list. As Matt says, there are a thousand categories of Dove Awards. Like, for whatever it's worth, th- there are plenty of folks who won Dove Awards who are no longer uh, part of the faith. Sure. And I don't I know thought what you were going to say in the music business. And I was going to be like Grammys too. No, no, no. There's <laughs> th- these folks are still in the music business. <laughs> oh, they're, they're just well, no longer people. Yeah. They, they just are no longer, you know, adherents to the, to uh, the Christian faith, but they won some dove awards. Sure. Here's, here's the thing dear listener. Um, through a bunch of weird kind of things for jobs that uh, Lee and Jed currently do. And I used to do, we all kind of have some interaction with professional musicians of various uh, stripes and levels. And um, if, if the thing you're, if your takeaway from Christianity is like, well, I can stay in the music business, but I I, got to lose this part because these people are nuts. um, That does not speak well of the Christian world there. No. Like I can stay in the music industry because that's fine, but I got to get away from these people. (laughs) Well, uh, gentlemen, shall we turn our attention from uh, the music world to the world of publishing? Please. Of course. I have the uh, Christian book expo.com list of the top 50 Christian bestsellers for the year 2012. Wow. That's more books than I would have anticipated. Um, number one, uh, a book that I've heard of, but I don't know what it is. Jesus calling. I think it's like a okay. devotional. Sure. I will say that to, to prove and people will say 
that uh, the Christian world and the Christian media world particularly does not have uh, multiple viewpoints, does not have a variety of thoughts and viewpoint. And to that, I would uh, point out that uh, three of the top six selling books of 2012 were Jesus Calling. I Yeah. I, how does that work? Uh, number one, Jesus Calling. Okay. Uh, number four, Jesus Calling Large Print Deluxe Edition. Okay. Number six, Jesus Calling Deluxe Edition. And if you scroll, okay. and if I go down a little bit further, there is one that is literally, and I think it was on Amazon as well, uh, the Jesus Calling Padded Hardcover Edition. Wow. I don't know okay. what that is. What's a padded hardcover? Presumably it is meant for actually whacking people <laughs> with the book. <laughs> well, see, that's just savvy purchasing because you get a book, but you also get a tool. So that's like two in one. No, you well, just clipped yeah. him. Yeah, Jesus Calling padded hardcover with scripture references was the uh, the number twenty four selling book on Amazon in twenty twelve. Wow. Uh, back to the other wow, Christian okay. books, you've got um, "Be a Better Dad Today." Okay, which is that's good. I think put down the Christian books and spend some time with your kids might be step one on that. Um, heaven is for real. Okay. Let's see here. Oh, a uh, friend, fr- uh, friend of another of a sister podcast interview on a sister podcast, uh, Sally Lloyd Jones's the Jesus storybook Bible. So one of these books is good. Uh, okay. Okay. So that's fun. Well, num- number 38 on this list. We had a long-standing say that feud. Did we? Who we got? I declare. Oh, a book you're, by Joel Osteen. You're, you're not. Lee is currently looking at the Amazon list. I was still <clears> on the <throat> Christian Book Expo list, which has obviously a yeah. bunch of different books on it. So I scrolled down to thirty. I was like, "Did we beef with David Platt?" And I don't remember. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> not so, my bad. Not. Number thirty-eight in the in the Amazon book. Uh, number uh, twelve in the the Christian book expo. So maybe not at the peak of his powers. One, uh, Joel for literally calling his book. I declare. Wow. Can, can I, can I ask is the subtitle? This flower is wilting. Yes. <laughs> That's the much better Robert Hill book. Um, I, See, I was going to, 31 promises to make, speak over your life. <laughs> I was going to make a, an office reference that Matt wasn't going to get, which is, I declare there's been a murder in Savannah. <laughs> which all the office people would enjoy, but Matt would not. Not seen the program. Church great. Um, yes, uh, I declare 31 promises to speak over your life. Uh, let's, let's, get, let's embrace God's blessings every morning and experience his full glory of promises with 31 <clears throat> powerful scripture lessons based on a regular favorite feature of Joel Osteen's sermons at Lakewood Church. Apparently, the I Declare segment was uh, a regular feature at Osteen's Church. I don't want to be a, a Bible nerd, and I'm certainly no theologian, but I'm pretty sure that throughout most of the history of both Christianity and Judaism, the idea of experiencing God's full glory would melt your brain. So, like, I don't know that that's necessarily something that in your mortal state you should shoot for, because that would probably be more than you could handle. Well, based on the the kind of dead-eyed look on the the cover of the book from uh, Pastor Osteen. That may have been what happened. Well, I mean, it, apparently it's the ultimate approach to teeth whitening. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, The transfiguration, uh, number... but for your enamel. <laughs> <laughs> number 22 is a book we've recommended before. That's good. What do we recommend? By Cloud and Townsend. Oh, that is a good book. Uh-huh. That is a good book. Yes, uh, uh, even on the Amazon uh, bestsellers of 2012 list, uh, Joel Osteen was not the top Christian book. He was beaten by a previously mentioned uh, padded version of Jesus Calling and uh, beaten handily by a full 19 spots uh, by former Say That guest Anne Lamont. Aha! Help Thanks, help, thanks hey. Wow. Dude, Help Thanks Wow is such a rad book. A very good book. Um, one of the other things, uh, the best-selling Christian book that I can tell on this list uh, that I've never actually heard of is called Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey uh, Into the Afterlife. 
Yeah, I also see quite. I also see some uh, Eric Metaxas on here, and that guy's a giant weirdo. Don't read any books that he wrote. Yeah, just good advice. Just read what Bonhoeffer wrote about Bonhoeffer. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is proof of heaven. Uh, thousands of people have had near-death experiences, but scientists have argued that they're impossible. <laughs> Doctor Eben Alexander was one of those scientists, a highly trained neurosurgeon. Alexander knew that NDEs feel real, but are simple fantasies produced by brains under extreme stress. Then Dr. Alexander's own brain was attacked by a rare illness. The part of the brain controls thought and emotion and essence. What makes us human shut down completely for seven days. He lay in a coma. Then as his doctor considered stopping treatment, Alexander's eyes popped open. He had come back. This feels like the plot to a pure Flix movie. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. All it needs Basically, the pitch in of this description. is this scientist thinks he's so smart until God almost killed him. <laughs> All the synopsis needs is a sweater and a pizza. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's just a poorly patterned shirt. I was looking at the author photo for one doctor, uh, Eben Alexander, and I thought he was wearing a sweater vest, but it's just a... A button-down shirt where the uh, body of it and the collar are different colors. Um, so, there you go. Maybe don't do that. So, yeah, uh, he thought he was a big fancy pants until God uh, killed, almost killed him to teach him a lesson, and he saw heaven again. Not a Bible scholar, but uh, Paul's pretty clear that that can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that the idea of someone seeing the afterlife and then describing it with human words is uh, not a thing. So. Uh, people are still trying to get away with that griff, which is fun. Quit trying to ruin my fun, man. If there's anything this podcast has been about for some 600 episodes, it's harshing your buzz. <laughs> <laughs> well, and from the world of the arts there, uh, I did look it up. Uh, in, the, in 2012, we actually uh, started uh, before Pure Flix. So there's no Pure Flix movies to run down from that era. And uh, their fireproof was in 2008, and there did not appear to be any uh, Christian movies of note in 2012. So, really, a not that I could find a one positive that that era had. There was not a streaming service cranking out weird Christian movies, best we can tell. Am I insane, or did you guys try to do like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 commentary to Fireproof, but like couldn't even watch like six minutes of it? Yeah, that's real. That happened. Like, we didn't record that. That was just at my house for Halloween, but we definitely did that. Yeah, we didn't make it through the first act. That was. <laughs> it was amazing, dude. Like, this is going to be so a Patreon bad. episode. We're going to do a full-on Mystery Science Theater 3000 commentary of this movie. But no, it's actually that bad that we can't even do it for the bit. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, um. Speaking of things we predated, uh, Patreon launched in 2013. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we turn from the world of the arts to the news. Okay. A thing that would, they still existed in 2012, believe it or not. Uh, our first stop being the uh, Christianity Today archives. I thought this would be a good okay. place to find out you know, what was going on. Well, how, have we, how have we grown? What's changed? What have we... What have we come to? So I looked to the uh, January 2012 edition of Christianity Today magazine. Uh, The cover story, uh, Civil Christians in an Age of Rancor. What might it look like to honor God in our politics? So we've come a long way. The the illustration, just uh, people dressed in red and people dressed in blue about to what appear, have what appears to be some kind of uh, the Christian version of West Side Story rumble. <laughs> I can't tell you much except that I'm voting against the Sharks. <laughs> when you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way, and that includes at election time. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a big tent Jet. <laughs> it's, it's, good. it's good to have a broad coalition. Thank you, thank you. So we've got a uh, yeah uh, essay the cure for election madness. I don't think they found that. Nope. In 2012, uh, essays blessed are the jobless. How ministries aid the unemployed. 
For millions of discouraged workers, the, ch the church can turn job loss into a gift. Uh, I have two observations about that. One is um, nobody, it doesn't appear that anybody's trying to do that anymore, which is not as good. Unemployment's still very high. The other one is don't tell people that losing their job is a gift. That's why people don't like Christians, because you say things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the word can was doing an awful lot of work in that headline. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Christianity Espanol in that year. Uh, Thou shalt not abuse. Reconsidering spanking. 2012. Still doing that? Right on. Is cage fighting ethical for Christians? Observers weigh in on participating in or watching sports and violence. Wow. And for that wow. one, like the image, the article image, they have um, kind of a almost a Wall Street Journal style drawing of what appears to be the three uh, gentlemen. And they all look like you'd think a guy who writes an essay, open question essay for Christianity Today looks. Uh, one of them is actually wearing a flat brim cap with his glasses and beard. Um, the other are wearing what appears to actually be sweaters. So the idea of them cage fighting. I like the idea of Christian cage fighting but you have to wear your sweater. Yes. Yes. I, to be honest, dude, I would definitely like, I, you know, I don't particularly follow the whole MMA world, but if they did a series that was all, you know, matches in sweaters, I would tune in for that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. Um, I think, there should be some kind of rule put it on Twitter that if you're like a, a theology bro and you get more than five replies deep into an argument with something with somebody, you two have to take this to the octagon and leave the rest yes. of us alone. Yes. Yes. There's an article in this issue about the faith of the presidents and man, can we please not do that? Can yeah, just, that's not good. Why, can we stop? Why is that, Lee? <laughs> Gary Scott Smith explores how faith has influenced presidential policies. Um, I, can, I can short that for you as someone with a degree in history. It hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Money and power have shaped presidential policies. That's in most ways uh, the opposite of that. I can't tell you how happy it make me. You know how how is this, how faith is shaped presidential politics. You click on the link in the article; it just says not. It didn't. Then it just quotes the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, here's a thing that they actually wrote and people uh, approved, and then they put. Here's the title of this article: uh, "Discipling the Dragon: Christian Publishing Finds Success in China." Oh, yeah, that was a bad call. You should not have done that. Don't. Uh, that's like a, a 1940s level of racism. Don't do that. Yeah, this is Christianity Today did that. Yep. Wow. In the year we started this show. Despite wow. stringent controls, 1300 Christian books are now available legally inside the communist country. Uh, wow. There was, I, I now turn to the March issue, uh, the cover story of which is how to save the Christian college. Again, much like uh, figuring out how Christians can be political without being jerks. I don't think they nailed that one. Yeah. I was going to say, well, thank goodness they got that right <laughs> back there in 2012. Rising problem of failing economy. The browning of campuses catering to a white elite, the pressure to secularize, many forces are shaking the foundation of religious higher education. Uh, while uh -huh. we're talking about things not to do, uh, maybe don't refer to uh, diversity in your uh, institution as browning. Yeah, that's a very bad right. idea. Wouldn't do that. Um, and uh, so, then, yeah, then Christian stuff just turned into liberty, and that was that was the choice they made. Five small Christian schools are adapting to the new environment. Uh, these are in the archives, so it only gives you a little, a little preview, but I'm desperate to see if one of these is Liberty. does not appear to be, so good for them. Well. 
A Tale of Two Scientists. This is from the July-August 2012 <clears throat> edition. Uh, they agree on the scientific method, but not about what happened in the beginning. How two evangelicals, one a young earth creationist, and the other an evolutionary creationist, have lived out their faith and professions. The year of our Lord, 2012. Cool. cool, cool I remind cool. you that this is Christianity Today. This is supposed to be the smart ones. And in 2012, they're with, hey, well, you know, the young earth creationist. We put a blazer on him. He looks pretty smart. You have to admit. <laughs> There's three full articles about creationism and a Q&A with Marco Rubio about his faith. Wow. It's impressive to me that, and I think this is true for a lot of organizations, but it's impressive to me that there's been no attempt on their part to go back and kind of consider the curation of their archives and which things they want to leave accessible and which things they want to let go of. Cause you, you know can, what? They you, weren't turn, all hits. Turns out you can just change the name of some articles. Yeah. Okay. This sure. Um, one of the articles in this, this, uh, edition is called finding Jesus at burning man. How I'm God intrigued. used us at one of America's most hedonistic gatherings. And I say to you, person who rooked either your church or Christianity Today out of some money to go do mission work at Burning Man, good for you. Yeah, absolutely. I respect that hustle. Um, don't, 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 don't go try to evangelize Burning Man. I mean, I don't want to tell anyone they're calling, but I can fairly safely say that that is not a good use of time. It certainly seems like evangelism on hard mode. <laughs> well, <laughs> depending on how much ecstasy someone has taken, it could be evangelism on the easiest mode. Well, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. So, yes. Uh, so we turn to the, the more uh, speculative side of the news. I just want to run down some of the top 10 stories, top 10 most popular stories of 2012, according to uh, online a news source, the Christian post. Okay. Uh, let's see. At number 10, Harold camping admits sin announces end to doomsday predictions. Wow. That's a lot. The family radio founder infamous for his judgment day forecasts admitted this year that he was wrong and said, he's not planning to make another doomsday prediction. <laughs> cool. So oh, cool, well, cool. that's a positive. Uh, in the opposite of that, number nine, Billy Graham says his heart aches for, quote, deceived America. Okay. Moving on. A pastor goes to jail for hosting home Bible study, starts 60-day sentence uh, in violation of the city of Phoenix's zoning laws. There's some stuff about Obama, uh, Manny Pacquiao. Uh, Reality show. Rick Warren talks about Tim Tebow, Mormons, gay marriage, and the exclusivity of Christ. Wow. I did not have that on my bingo card. No. I, I don't think anything could better sum up the world in which this podcast was born into than uh, Rick Warren talking about Tim Tebow being one of the top four news stories about Christians for the year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Does because I'm not you know I don't follow sports very much. Does Tim Tebow still exist in in the public eye? Eh. Oh yeah, he's he's talking he, to the broadcast side of things. That's right. Ah. He's on the broadcast of the Southeastern Conference Network. Ah, okay. After being unsuccessful in two major professional sports, yeah, he went back to the thing he should have done from where he started. Yeah. Uh, Number three, Middle East Crisis Conference to focus on last day conversions to Christ. A great thing to focus on. They apparently fixed all the rest of the Middle East. Wow. Uh, okay. Number two is about a person. They did an interview with a guy born uh, with no limbs. So that's nice. Uh, and then number one, and uh, there's a... Some of you may be familiar with a uh, non-Christian but very uh, influential author, Karl Marx, who said, uh, history repeats itself, first as tragedy and then as farce. 
Yes. To that, I give you this blurb. Texas megachurch pastor says Obama will pave way for the Antichrist. <laughs> wow. At the top of the list of at the top of the list is coverage about a sermon delivered by Robert Jeffress, senior pastor at the First Baptist Church in Dallas the weekend before the presidential election. Jeffries did not identify President Barack Obama, but went on to, went on to win the election as the Antichrist. But he said, "Of course, he Obama is choosing to lead our nation in paving the way that would the, for the future reign of the Antichrist." Jeffries preached on the Book of Daniel and prophecies about the end of days. He did not mention Obama until again until the end of the sermon. Cool. So in 2012, cool. this uh, fairly not as well known uh, Baptist guy just said some wacky stuff about Barack Obama. And now he's one of the most influential people in the country. Cool. Going great, y'all. Going great. Failing up in the stupidest way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as that acts as the saddest bridge between the year we started, 2012, and as we talk to you here now in 2024, uh, we do want to sincerely thank you for uh, being with us, however long you've been with us. You've been with us some from the beginning, that's amazing. If you've uh, come on at some point along the way because your friend did not care about you enough to warn you not to listen to this podcast, um, or at least to skip ahead, then we appreciate that as well. Uh, gentlemen, I, I throw it to you as we've we round out 600 episodes uh, here on Say That. Do we have any any thoughts, any impressions, anything we've learned along the way other than uh, about Mountain Dew and Cheetos? But that's an important lesson as well. Um, anything we'd like to like to share with the people on the the, the eve of the 600th episode here, uh, Jed, I go to you first. Well, I think the main thing for me is that I'm I'm pretty concerned about what we're going to do 66 episodes from right now. Um, like, how are we going to deal with our 666th episode of the Say That podcast? <laughs> because I f- I feel like I feel like the episode of the Beast is is closer at hand than we might have thought. And well, we've got the title already, so that's good. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, we were warned apparently very recently that, you know, we're paving the way for the Antichrist. And I just like I never I never pictured that I would be like a a player in the apocalypse. But as we approach episode six hundred and sixty six, I'm I'm I don't know if I'm concerned or excited or or, or what. And I guess it kind of depends like. I don't know what my role is yet. So if it's a good one, I feel great about it. But if it's, if it's, if it's a bad one, uh, that would be discouraging. Like I kind of have all of the, the songs from my youth about the sun has come and you've been left behind kind of playing in my head right now. So like, here's what I want to say is if the rapture occurred while we were recording episode 666 and I was left behind on the one hand, I'd be very sad and disappointed. But on the other hand, I kind of be like, wow, good burn. Like that was That was well done and well executed. <laughs> Solid burn. This really exactly. tied together narratively in a nice way. <laughs> yes, precisely. Precisely. Yeah, it, it sounds like you're implying that the only, maybe not the only, but one of the many reasonable uh, cases for the, why this podcast has continued to exist is because it is part of some dark plot to bring about the end of all things. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely okay. right. Absolutely right this podcast kind of becomes the audio equivalent of the, the building in ghostbusters that harnesses so much, uh, kind of negative spiritual energy that it is part of the, the, the apocalypse. Yeah. The, the, the making and the continued production of this podcast is in like a, um, in a spiritual sense, essentially the same as the public reading of the Necronomicon. We're, okay, we're, no, we're occupying fair. a very similar space. That's good because, you know, in all of our attempts, we've never made any money. <laughs> yeah. We've come up with a lot of money ideas. So, like, <laughs> we need to be part of something big. You know, if if the uh, the global economy collapses due to the rise of the, uh, the Prince of Darkness, then uh, the fact that we didn't make any money won't really matter. You know, Until a lot get of back narratives... A lot of narratives about the end of the world, you know, they they generally involve like a shadowy cabal that's you sure. know, pulling strings, you know, from from the darkness. And and 
you know, in, in most understandings, you know, they've, they've got, you know, a lot of, a lot of power and a lot of means and like, you know, I obviously, and it goes without saying, I wouldn't want to be in, in, in their employ, right. You know, and, and grasped by their tendrils, but like they could wind me and dine me a little bit though. Like, I mean, sure. I would, you know, I, I don't want to, it would be rude to not hear them out, particularly if, you know, if they're paying for dinner. Also, if, if we're interrupted in the recording of that dubious episode of this podcast by like, like a, a you know, like a 70 foot man made out of marshmallow. I'm fine. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> this is Ebbs Evans said podcast. When someone asks you if you're a God, you say yes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, also, Matt, I'll go ahead. If, well, I was going to share one fun fact. Uh, my my wife and I are, are probably moving in the next uh, little bit here, staying in the Chicagoland area, but actually staying in the city of Chicago, but to a different uh, spot in the city uh, with a different zip codes. So there's a very decent chance, almost a certainty, that the 666th episode of Say That, one of the recording locations will be in the zip code 60660, which is a zip code on Chicago's north side. So, um, Dude. just saying once, when you see episode 655 drop in your feeds and maybe time to, uh, to take stock about getting right. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you, when you consider the retrospect, man, um, uh, the, the thing that I would say is despite the ludicrous, like some of it just completely unbelievable and discouraging things that Christendom continues to throw at this world that we have dealt with or made fun of or just tried to laugh so we don't cry kind of deal um, that, that real people are dealing with. In, in spite of all that, in all the years that we've done this, any actual folks who listen to this show that, we, that any of us have had the, the pleasure of interacting with have just been really cool folks. No doubt, man. Who yep. are just working their way through their life, um, who are managing relationships well, uh, some of them involved in different and sometimes completely creative and just amazingly unique ministries, ways of helping people, bettering themselves and serving others. Uh, you know, my experience of being part of this is our, our hope was to share some wisdom and help people and like, we have been so encouraged by like the, the creativity and the, the servant hearted, like amazingness of the people who have listened to and supported and written into this show for, for over a decade. Well said, yeah, dude. that's entirely true. That's kind of what jumps out to me was we're, you know, we joked at the beginning of when we started this, no one knew what a podcast was um, joking about the money. Uh, as we record this, we record this a day after uh, Joe Rogan signed his second $250 million deal to do a podcast uh, with Spotify. And um, this has been, this has kind of just become over the years. It never blew up. It never became like a source of income for a while. It was like in a weird way, part of my job to make it um, for an organization that I worked for at the time. Um, but you know, now it's, this is like, it's a fun thing to hang out with two of my best friends. We get to, we get to have an excuse to do a three hour phone call every other week, which is super fun. But it is mostly this uh, this really cool thing that we put out that you know connects with you guys who listen. We've had people over the years very kindly say, you know, oh, I heard a thing on the show that made me feel like I could, I was ready to you know, put in the work to get married, or you know, take this risk or do this thing, or right? it helped me all this stuff when I grew up and really helped me unravel that. And it's been. Is this we're not we're not retiring the podcast by the way I should point out we're doing a lot of retrospecting we'll we'll be back next week um uh but it's been this this beautiful thing to to be uh, with you in your earbuds and a big part of the jobs and the lives that uh, Jed and Lee and I have led uh, before and during this podcast and uh, Jed and Lee continue to do this professionally and they're two of the best people in the world I know at it is just being cheerleaders in people's lives, just being there watching as people, you know, work through stuff and make decisions. And we're, we're very glad and proud to have been a small part of things in your life that you have done. And we, we always want to keep the perspective and remind you that you did those things. We're just guys talking to microphones. So, um, 
if you found, if you hooked onto something that was helpful or you heard something put in a certain way that uh, kind of unlocked something for you, we're super thrilled for you on that, but we are uh, glad to be uh, friends you can hang out with, a safe place you can ask a, a weird question, or just some people to uh, you know feel, feel sane in a maybe less sane world. And the fun thing is you, you all do all that for us and even more. So it's been a joy. We love making the show. Uh, we're going to continue to do it because literally they can't stop us. Yeah. As long as we have about $50 a year to do the hosting, uh, there's literally uh, the internet. This one area of the internet remains the entire wild, wild west, and they can't tell us that we can't do it. As one serious thought and to build on, on what has already been said to every person who has listened to the show at all. Thank you so much. Like yeah. one of the things that has occurred to me as I've gotten a little bit older, which is kind of undeniable given that we've been doing this show for like 12 years now, um, is the best things in my life are things I didn't see coming. Um, the, the best things in my life are, are things that I, I wouldn't have thought to ask for. And this show and the relationships and, and the friendships and, and just getting to do it is extraordinarily high on that list. Um, I'm, I'm super pumped that for anyone who's ever been encouraged by the show or, or, or equipped by this show or, or helped by the show, I'm so honored to, to be any part of that. And I'm just, man, I'm so thankful to have gotten to be a part of it and to continue to, to get to be a part of it. So to every person who listens, who has listened, who will listen, thank you truly. Absolutely. That is fantastically put. All right. We will be back next week. We'll be back with a normal episode answering questions. So if you have a question for us, say at podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. In the interest of taking it all the way back, if you've listening from the beginning and Lee mentioned at the beginning here, uh, you may notice that we did not always close with a different song every time. We, in fact, had outro music when we began, which is the, the original intro music that uh, oh Lee put God. together. And it works lovely as outro music. So enjoy this uh, melodic, relaxing, beautiful time. As we say one more time, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.